This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All righty. Welcome in a happy Black Friday. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I don't even know if you wish anybody a Black Friday, but here we are. It's Sean Morris. It's Paul Tatino. It's one giant step following the Giants 28 to 20 loss in Dallas on Thanksgiving Day, dropping the Giants to seven and four. Paul, we'll get into all things loss and, you know, everything that went into it in a tale of two different halves. But first, happy Thanksgiving. And other than the outcome, how was the trip down to Dallas? Yes, happy Thanksgiving to you. And I just want to know why we aren't shopping this morning. Why are we sitting here talking to each other? Well, I will tell you this, uh, you know, basically, as is with everything, because I'm a grown man child, I still would like my parents to get me something for Christmas, despite the fact that I have kids and they shop for the grandkids. My mom said, you know, one bigger item this year. I could tell you that she's already on some 30% off NFL shop, and I will be receiving a Daniel Bellinger jersey on Christmas. So there you there go. You That's go. big shopping on that. That's the big investment I'm making, Paul. I figure I at least got four years nice. on that at least. So let's go. Uh, hey, you right. know what's funny? Yesterday, yeah. it, it poured rain Wednesday night all the way into Thursday morning, uh, right up until <laughs> almost game time. And it was one of those days that I must confess, I was on the field the entire game, so I was really happy to have the roof. <laughs> so yeah. Jerry, thanks for spending the money. Yeah, and look, the place looked beautiful, of course, as it always has. I was down there, I think it was the 2015, 14, 13, whatever game it was where Uwani Unga got baked in the end zone at the end. Uh, I do love that place, that whole complex. Uh it is gorgeous. It's gorgeous and it seemed like I had a bunch of friends from Long Island who went down there. They're actually cowboy fans. They had like a group of 40 of them in the upper deck. They had a blast, uh, you know, partying after the game, seeing the videos that made me sick to my stomach, but here we are. Uh Paul, okay. Look, uh, there is going to be two ways to, you know, to spin this. Do we hit the panic button on a couple guys in the team? Do you take it for what it is, which, which we predicted, right? They would lose the game, too many bodies down, too quick a turnaround. However, uh, I'm going to try to be as positive as possible. The game is 13-7 at half. It really could have been more. And I don't know where you're going to stand on the officiating, too. I, you know, it's not the nature of the rule, the way they called the Tyree Phillips play to take seven points off the board. Then, of course, the Darnay Holmes holding later on in the game. But the bottom line is this. I mean, they did everything they could with the cornerbacks and coverages and disguising uh, and even offensively what they're able to do. It, it, it was such a moral victory to be up at half. But, boy, it also felt devastating to only have those 13 points on the board. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Sean. Uh, I looked at that game at 13-7 to and felt like if I were the Giants that I was losing because yeah. they get two interceptions plus a fourth down stop. I mean, are you kidding me? Right. They could not do anything more defensively in the first half to handcuff the Dallas Cowboys, and yet they're not even up by a full score. Only a six-point lead. I thought that was a very bad sign for them. 
that the war of attrition was going to come crashing down like the Hoover Dam. And in fact, it really did because you knew Dallas was going to get the third quarter kickoff and they immediately came yeah. out through a haymaker and asserted themselves. Now, you mentioned the third down penalty uh, on Darnay Holmes. I don't look, whatever. Uh, let, let's not go there because here's the bottom line. If the Giants had taken advantage of more of their opportunities in the first half, they would have had a chance to weather the second half storm and would have made this game extremely close. But they did not build on the cushion that they were being given. And consequently, the attrition caught up to them and they lost. No doubt about it. And I, by the way, I think this is a scenario where two things could go, both be true here. I think that the Giants did not do enough in their own right to win the game. But, it, you know, it's very difficult when you're down that many bodies, undermanned even as a roster versus the Cowboys roster, when you're not down that many bodies, and then have to be pushing a rock uphill with just horrendous officiating. Now, Paul, I ended up doing a little deeper dive into that illegal man downfield that we've seen call a lot. The nature yeah. of the rule specifies a guy must be either five yards downfield or engaging with a defender. Tyree Phillips at the time of the flag was three yards downfield and not engaging with a defender. And look, right. it may not have mattered anyway, but that is a touchdown off the board. Now, they do kick a field goal, so I think to, to make this, it's not like they lost seven points. They lost four points off of that. But, you know, it could have been 17 instead of 13 and a two-score game to start the second half. That was a pretty crucial play, Paul. I mean, I, and again, I don't know what's happening. Some of it is the efficiency, some of it's on the Giants, but the last couple of weeks, it feels like the Giants have had a combination of more, I don't want to call boneheaded, but like bad sloppy penalties they didn't have early in the year combined with, you know, the refs just being so quick to pull the trigger on the flags. And oh, by the way, let me add this. If we're going to defend the refs for a second, it was even with the Cowboys when C.D. Lamb has that no touchdown on the other end when the ref basically does this whole tease like he's going to overturn the call only to not. Refs really felt like they were making it about themselves yesterday a bunch of times. You know, Sean, you and I have only been doing this now for a couple of months, so you're not familiar with one of the mantras that I've been repeating for many, many years now. Because of the quicksand of mediocrity in the National Football League, more games are decided by injuries, officiating calls, and fluke bounces of the football than yeah. have ever been decided before. You know, back in the 70s and the 80s and even the early 90s, talent decided the games. But the way it is now, I mean, in, the injury report is is number one. That is the number one factor, in, in, in all honesty, as to what decides most games. Then the officiating, that's right up there, right up under it. And then the fluky bounces or the tip passes or whatever 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 crazy thing happens in a game i just i would love to go back to the days where pure talent on the roster was the primary deciding factor on, on a on a victory it's just not that way anymore it, that's not the way this league has been built especially when the teams are so close together when they play i mean even when you talk about talent, quick sand of mediocrity sean that's it i've copyrighted that that's that's it that's it what this league is Quicksand of mediocrity. So, Paul, look, it's 13-7 at the half. Uh, at this point, I go, I make my turkey. I do everything at halftime. I'm having my stuffing on. And I'm, by the way, the quickest I've ever eaten a Thanksgiving dinner. I'm doing one of these at halftime, Paul. Like, I'm just shoving it in my mouth. Uh, my wife is sitting there feeding my kids, my aunt and everybody. And, like, basically, it's me, my dad, and my sister. Just, we got to get back out there and watch the game. Uh, I barely tasted it. I'm pretty sure I didn't even have macaroni and cheese at that point. Whatever. So, I get it down my fat face. I go back outside. I'm going to settle in, watch this second half. 
And I thought the game was determined in a matter of three plays in five minutes. Okay, right off the bat, that's second down. And I am not going to crush the guy because he had his best game as a pro. Kayvon Thibodeau is unbelievable, but he's got to make that sack. He whiffs on a sack on Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott bounces it off, turns it into a run, makes it a third and four when it could have been about third and 18. Uh, that's a, a point in the game where the Giants might have stopped Dallas on that first drive, gotten them off the field. Okay, that's play second, number one. Second play of the third quarter. Second play of the third quarter. Thibodeau has him. Has him. Dak backs off, bounces off. Now, again, this is not an anti-Thibodeau thing because the guy was unbelievable. He played like a fifth overall pick yesterday. But it's just one of those things. It felt like Kiwanuka in Tennessee light. He's going to get there and he's going to yes. start finishing. He's going to start finishing these sacks. I know he will. I have confidence in him. But when he does it, it blows your mind. I mean, they're they're going to be off the field in all likelihood. I mean, I know there's a third down. Anything could happen. But that was sh- such a huge part in that game. So anyway, the drive continues. And we mentioned that Darnay Holmes, the phantom hold, another play that could have been off the field. Both of those things go against them. Bing, bang, boom. Cowboys are in the end zone, and they have a lead that they would never relinquish. Two huge turning points, Paul, on that drive before, you know, and we're about to discuss that fourth and two that the Giants went for, but your thoughts on that drive, and basically I felt that the whole drive was determined on those two plays. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that those were significant plays. I would actually go to the 14-yard crossing pass to uh, Lamb on third and 12 at the Giants 24 when he does make a really nice catch off a dart from Prescott uh, beating Darnay Holmes. Uh, That sets them up first and goal at the 10. Uh, They were really one, two, two third down conversions that got them down near the end zone, and then they converted. By the way, the touchdown pass to Schultz, the first Third down touchdown pass against the Giants this season. How about that? How about that? that? And you were talking about the first Schultz touchdown, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because we'll get to the second. Yes, it capped off that drive. Yeah. 14 plays, 75 yards uh, with uh, three third down conversions. Uh, The last one, the, the Schultz one. Totally, totally concur. And again, that drive, you look at it and you're like, all right, not not so great execution by the Giants after buckling down so well in the first half. They come out and start the third quarter, and they're just a hair off. Yep. And Dallas takes advantage. You get the penalty thrown in there, and all of a sudden now, guess what? That entire first half is washed away because the Giants are now trailing by a point. Yep. yep. And yep. if we're, we're all done. start feeling it then, yeah, of I, I saw, I saw the holes being poked in the dam.